Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, and we have an epic episode today. We have Dr. Kamani Norton-Sands, who is originally from Chicago, Illinois. She is a magna cum laude graduate from Spelman College. Dr. Kamani obtained her master's and doctorate degrees in both clinical psychology with an emphasis in multicultural community clinical issues. She is licensed in California and provides individual couples, as well as family therapy via telehealth. Dr. Kamani is also a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and manifests her healing through her book called Butterfly Landing, as well as facilitates groups, healing groups for Black women. In light of the frequent reports amongst her clients regarding workplace bullying, Dr. Kamani offers coaching packages for Black women who are interested in manifesting healing from toxic work environments to reclaiming the joy of their professional lives. Now let's tune in to this great podcast episode. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast, where therapists deserve abundance. I am your host, Dr. TK, and we have another epic guest, um, Dr. Kamani. I want to introduce her to you for the first time. And um, I'm also excited that she is also one of my VIP students in the mastermind. She's been part of DTA, but we'll get into all of that. Um, So Dr. Kamani, can you introduce yourself, like your license type, where you're located, and who do you specialize in serving? Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, thank you, Dr. TK, for inviting me to be a part of this. Um, My name is Kamani Norrington Sands. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in California. Um, although I'm in Los Angeles, I can see anyone in the state of California and I've been seeing people through telehealth. Um, so lately it's been more of a focus on black professional women, um, particularly in terms of issues of job stress and issues of trauma. Um, and so I've developed some different modalities and ways to support black professional women. Yes. I love it. I love it. And so, um, I know that you have a history 
working in, I'm gonna say institutions or large organizations. And so can you take our viewers and listeners into what your career has been filled with? Like what kind of places have you worked at and what that experience has been like? Yeah, so I've been in a host of different working environments. And when I first got out of graduate school, it was community-based organizations. And that's where most people go to get their hours um, because it's so easy to get your hours. There's so many clients that come in, you're able to easily get your hours. However, many of us come to find out that the expectations that you have for that setting is not aligned with who you want to be as a professional. And so I'd stay there for a while and then went off to do more private practice types of things, a lot of different jobs um, because I was licensed at that point. And then I decided I needed more uh, stability in terms of having a structure for my children um, who were young at that time. So I decided to take a full-time job with the second largest school district in the nation you know, as a clinical psychologist and, you know, just had a lot of different roles in that capacity, but just had the opportunity to work with so many different kids, you know, across the school district and families and staff. So it was um, rewarding in the sense of terms of the level of exposure you had to so many different people. Yeah. And how long have you been at the um, the school district? It'll be 15 years. And I ask that for a reason because, you know, in previous episodes or even interviews with therapists, the topic of fear has come up a lot in terms of having stability, especially for a long period of time, especially if you're lucky to be at one, maybe not setting, but institution or agency, and then pretty much being knocked on the head with a shift like or a nudge, like, hey, it's, 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 it's time to see what else is out there for you. And then right. you have to believe that other things are possible or waiting for you. And so I want yes. to be here, you know, it's okay to think about other stuff when they come Absolutely. Up. And, you know, it's just so coincidental that it all happened during COVID. So mm-hmm. during COVID, different people started approaching me for support, you know, like, can can you see me for therapy? And at that point, I was just doing straight full-time at my job. I wasn't doing any private practice at that time. And, um, you know, kind of resistant to seeing clients at that time because my mindset, you know, had not shifted. And my dear friend, Latanya Tolan, who is the owner of Soul Care for Black Clinicians, was gently (laughs) encouraging me to really, you know, think out the box, right? So if people are reaching out to me, that's a sign. And, you know, there's a need for so much mental health support during COVID. And so I started seeing, you know, clients uh, through telehealth during COVID. And it helped respark my joy for therapy because many times we know that when you're part of an institution, you have to do therapy according to how they say to do it, right? And there's so many different things you have to do that's mandated. Um, and so that kind of contributes to the sense of, as one of my friends says, practicing without shackles. You know, like when you're in private practice, you can practice in the way that you know is best for your clients. And particularly with the clients I was working with, they're all Black people. And so I knew what was best for them in terms of how to talk to them, you know, even our rapport, our relationship building. And so that just grew. And so as different things unfolded, you know, it's so funny. And and Latanya always teases me that when opportunities come forward to me, my typical response is, no, I don't want to do that. Right. 
but more opportunities started coming my way. And she was like, you know what? You need to really pause and reflect on why are all these opportunities coming your way, right? And so the more that you're open, the more opportunities come your way. And that is absolutely true in terms of clients, in terms of training opportunities, presentations, groups, all these things that I've been doing is because I said, you know what, let me be open and see what direction God is leading me in terms of what is it that God wants me to do in terms of fulfilling my purpose. And so that's doing things and that's working in a way that's aligned with my purpose. So I want to give a major shout out to Latanya, who actually got me connected to you, Dr. TK. And she was like, I'm with this coach and she is fabulous and you need to, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll get onto a call. And then when I got onto a call with you, I was like, oh my God, you know, like there are possibilities. And I think the issue for therapists, just like for me, we're not business minded. You know, I had no idea about, you know, how to really run a private practice and how to scale it up and all these different, I had no idea. And I think the common reaction for many of us is when we don't know is we just say no, right? Exactly. Like we just shut yeah. it down. And I, I we shut it down. Something that you um, mentioned earlier, because I'm getting triggered even like in a very good way by your background, like with the butterfly, because <laughs> I know that that's part of your logo is it, it reminds me of the story that you just shared reminds yes. me of the logo in terms of you can stay in a cap with a little, you know, air holes and you can stay a little <laughs> caterpillar or you can spread your wings and open up, allow for opportunities to drop in. And then it's more of, okay, which one or ones do I choose? But I always yes. say that one is way better than suppressing yourself into that box or into that yes. cylinder container. And that's yes. what some jobs can do. Yes. And, and just think about it metaphorically, too, is that, you know, during COVID, we were all stuck at home. Right. So it's like cocooning at home in many ways. Right. So I'm cocooning, just thinking, reflecting on what kind of life do I want for myself? Right. Is my professional career going in the direction that I want it to? Are there opportunities for me to grow? You know, and just thinking about the populations that I want to work with. So I'm cocooning. So I'm going within, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm working with you, you know, all these different things. And it just helped me kind of break out of the cocoon and just to kind of like, you know what, I'm I'm transforming. But what's important for me and through, you know, the work that I do is that I'm very authentic and genuine about my own healing journey, because that is a huge part in terms of why I even became a psychologist. And it really informs the things that kind of sings to my heart and to my soul. And so I share with people about my own healing transformation, because I know that that can, you know, help other people in terms of believing and knowing that it's possible. Yeah. And I mean, that's such an important part right there, because if we look back at going back to grad school and depending on when you went to school, I had some super old school professors and I've been out of grad school for some time now. But just seeing like the kind of professor that I am in comparison to my professors, I'm like, gosh, like they were so good, but sticklers on don't disclose, don't right. do anything, don't even say your age, don't say you ain't got no kids, <laughs> you know, especially if I'm working in schools as well. And at some point, yes, we have to protect the health of the client to make sure that we're acting in the best interest of the client. And it doesn't mean that as therapists, we divulge everything, but sometimes, right. especially for people of color, not yes. black people of color, yes. is that people, humans want to know that you're relatable, that yes. you have energy, even children. Yes. 
And I, as you were speaking, I literally remember the first time that I just disclosed where I grew up, just my knowledge, because I was in the Bay at the time in school at an internship site, just me knowing that the kid was going to come to LA for Christmas break. And I started throwing out swap meets and cross streets, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, South Central. and the kid was like, I know you talk different. Are you from out there or something? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, no, you're not. He was 18. So he was challenging me. And I'm like, no, I'm from Compton. Like, I'm dead serious. And you know, he was like, I knew it after that. Because before that, that boy would not talk. Before wow. That boy would not be quiet. You know? Right. <laughs> and when he came back from Christmas break, it was like, he was like, now let's work on therapy. I'm ready. Yes. And yes. Like, All I have to do is be relatable. One percent. Yes. <laughs> but, it, but it speaks also, Dr. GK, in terms of just a cultural way of being. Right. Is that many people of color, we have to know we trust you first. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to know, like, who, who are you? What are you about? How can you understand my experience before I share anything with you and even want to work with you? Right. And so it's so opposite than how these traditional ways that we were trained, the traditional ways in certain institutions is that, you know, the expectations that people come in right off the bat and tell you all their business. You know, most people of color are like, I don't know you. Like, why would I be sharing that with you? So, so important in terms of understanding the cultural context of our clients. And also, you know, my whole perspective is that many times within institutions, there's a focus on culture is like a side, like an add-on, like, oh, did you ask about the cultural considerations? But culture informs everything of who we are. It informs our functioning. It informs how we think and feel. And so being able to center that goes back to what I was saying before in terms of what my friend said, you know, I want to practice without shackles. I want to practice in a way that I know is best in terms of supporting the healing of Black people. Yeah, that is so, so good. So let's get into how you opened up those wings and then really saw what you could do with your expertise. And so as you had mentioned, um, one of my current clients, um, one of your good friends in the mastermind, she had told you about our services. And, and when you had joined, there was no group mastermind. There was only individual. Then from a meeting with all of my students over the last few years, I started noticing trends. And one of the trends was, when are we all going to see each other? You keep talking about the other person. <laughs> and outside of you and Latanya, nobody really knew each other unless right. they be a PTA together. You right. Know? And so we um, birthed the mastermind at the beginning of this year. And part of your program was that you got access to DTA because mastermind is at the highest level where you get access to everything under. So first, let's talk about what was your experience in DTA and getting your Epic Accountability Group? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was a huge learning curve with DTA. You know, the Therapist Academy was like, oh my God, I didn't know all this stuff. It was just amazing. And to be able to really narrow in in terms of what is my specific area of focus, right? Mm -hmm. Now I can do all these different things, but what do I really wanna do? Like you said, like if you were not paid, what would you love to do, right? So it's really clarifying, what is it that I really would love to do? Why did I go into the field? What are all the ways that I can help support a transformation, right? The butterfly, how do we support a transformation and how can I, tell that to other people in terms of them understanding services. So in terms of addressing the stigma of mental health and mental health treatment, but how can I really let them know about the transformation that I have to offer and being more confident in that process? So that's what DTA did. And then an added bonus was that I have now accountability partners. And so we come together and we 
know each other, you know, we support one another, we have a group text, um, we try to meet as many times as possible. But these are women from across the country, right? Yeah. Who are clinicians and we know about each other's goals and we hold each other accountable. Um, and just knowing that you have other people to support you says a lot. And also, you know, they will let you know, like, hey, you know, don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't take more clients. That's that's stressing you out. Don't do that. And so knowing that when more clients try to come to me in my head, oh no, I wrote my accountability partner said, I need to slow down. So it's very powerful to be in a community. <laughs> yeah, no, because I've talked to a few of you like one-on-one -on -one, and I remember some of you were saying like, I brought this to my accountability group and they said, you doing this? And I'm like, well, if they said it and I said it, then clearly that's like five against one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And think about, you don't, as Black clinicians, we don't have the opportunity to um, regularly be amongst other Black clinicians. That's Especially not right now because we're yeah. in our little therapist caves, you know, and so a lot of us have made the choice to stay yes. in the therapist cave and not go back to an <laughs> office. The office used to at least give us some type of interaction, either right. the mailman or the receptionist, you know, but now we've made the choice to isolate even more. So then, you know, how does that impact our mental health? That's absolutely another topic, right? So from DTA and you understanding or getting clarity on what direction do you want to take your business in? Who do you want to serve more and show up in a bigger and better way? How did you um, feel during the transition when we went into the group mastermind and just honestly getting another level of information? Because now we're talking about email marketing, speaking engagements, a whole lot of stuff. Yes. I mean, honestly, I initially I felt overwhelmed because I was like, oh my God. Like the, now the windows open in terms of the doors open in terms of how many possibilities and it becomes overwhelming because you're like, well, I want to do it all. Right. But then it's like, slow down at some point, maybe you don't all, but let's mm -hmm. prioritize like, what do you really want to do? And, but just knowing that there's the possibility for continued growth. Um, so I had to like slow myself down because I want to just go all in on all of it. And so the individual coaching really helped me in the sense of saying, okay, so what are your quarter goals? Like, so what are we going to focus on this quarter and really specify that? Because, and I think part of it too, is that as clinicians, we see such the huge need right now for mental health, then we want to help everybody, right? But we can't help everybody, right? There's different people who have different specializations, but kind of like stay in your lane, right? And kind of just grow in those areas and also cultivating those multiple streams of income. So that has been extremely helpful for me in terms of identifying what those things might be and to actually operationalize it too. Yeah. And I'll go back to the opening the wings because at one point we were talking about your, like you, you started attracting, like when you open up the doors, you know, when it rains, it pours, um, <laughs> it does. Open up the doors to the idea that you wanted to serve and niche down to like a certain type of client avatar. Then right. you just started getting phone calls for that client avatar. And I was like, well, you asked for it, you know, and then something magical came out of, which we talk about in DTA. If you have clients that either see a need to maybe be in a group because some people may thrive better in a group setting and or people can't pay for out-of-pocket services. Right. There's still a way that we can serve them and we teach Absolutely. that and we're able to figure that out. And then we built out like the desire to have a program for yes. women, right? Yes. But what I'm getting to is the desire to create level one 
created level two that yes. wasn't even discussed. And I'm just bringing that up to the viewers and listeners because you don't have to have everything in place to get started, but you do have to be clear on where your passion is and where you yeah, should start. Exactly. A lot of unfinished projects. Exactly. And I was just thinking about because um, I wrote a book, Butterfly Landing, and Butterfly Landing is a, is a healing journey of a Black girl who has experienced sexual abuse. So a lot of it is in some ways impacted or informed by my own healing journey as a survivor, but also, you know, my work as a clinical psychologist all these years working with survivors. And so from there, I really felt like that book was something that God told me to do. You know, and it was it was me, as as Latanya says, being obedient to what God is telling me to do. And so it took me 12 years to write the book. Right. Because I was starting, stop, starting, stop, starting, stop. Right. But it was like this nagging, like you need to finish this book. Right. So after I finished the book, I thought I was good. Like, OK, God, I finished the book. I'm good. You know, it's on Amazon. I'm all good. Right. But God was like, you're not finished. You're not finished because. How are you going to support the healing of other Black women? There's more for you to do, right? And so then what I decided to do, or what God put on my spirit is, I'm going to develop a group based upon my book, right? So now I have a virtual five-session group, Butterfly Landing Healing Group for Black Women. Um, and we go over different components. I developed the curriculum and the whole thing. And you have been instrumental in terms of really thinking about what would the group look like? right? What is the structure? What are the takeaways? Why would people want to be a part of the group? What is the transformation with the group? And how do you market the group, right? That is and, the biggest area right here that huge. Like a lot of therapists miss because they're so focused on payment and client avatar. And I'm like, right. that's cool, but that's right. That's just the beginning, right? And so I have found in doing the group, yes, there was some anxiety in terms of launching it and everything. But when I'm in that group, it's like, I remember a previous supervisor talking about a delicious feeling. It's a delicious feeling because it's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And then when I hear the women sharing and they're supporting one another, so now we have a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. So it's a sisterhood within that group. And from there, you know, in terms of evolution, metamorphosis and growth, within the first cohort, they said, we don't want this to be over, right? You know, what else can you give us? And so you and I talked about that in terms of my availability. What am I able to give? And so I said, you know what? We're going to expand this to a butterfly landing process group, which meets once a month. And it'll be for all the cohorts. And yeah. so now to see the women together and they like exchange information, they go out together, you know, they support one another. And I'm like, thank God that I was given the vision to do this and that I was given the direction, you know, with support of you to be able to support the healing of all these women. And so it's just like, it's, it's just amazing. And I'm like, I'm getting chills listening to it because often it's kind of like low-key, like a parent, like watching you like walk, crawl before <laughs> you walk, right? And to see a vision be spoken out loud with yes. fear behind it. Yes. Then to remove the fear, then to offer it while you're still fearful. Yes. And then start getting phone calls through the fear. Then, you know, yes. confidence built like no other. It's just amazing. Also, I will add that, um, and I really want therapists to hear this or any business owner, is you got to be coachable and teachable because one piece that you mentioned that I want to highlight is like even in therapy, 
if you want to continue seeing a client beyond the 15 or 25 sessions for CFB, uh, TFCBT for children, you uh-huh. have to justify why the person for any insurance panel, even still, right. why they go beyond those sessions. And so part of our work together, even through coaching is I'm still a psychologist. So yes. one of my questions is, well, first let's process clinically. Do they need it? Because I don't, I remember saying, I don't want you to enable the problem that they came to you to fix. Yes. You know, yes. So yes. When we processed it. It was more of a genuine, oh, okay. This is what they did. This is the curriculum. Oh, they not done. So <laughs> let's think about what else you want to do. And yes. another thing I want to highlight too, that I think is important is like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to have all the steps in place. You just need to know that you want to start. But more importantly, you want to listen to your gut feeling. Yes, absolutely. And your gut feeling was pulling you to say, one, what are my limitations in my schedule? If I do a part two, mm-hmm. we talked about, you don't have to, this is a big one. You don't have to do all individual therapy in your practice. Right, right. Yes. And I remember it was like the aha moment, like an angel popped up in the session because I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do all these individual sessions. And I said, well, don't like, Oh, like, but but I'm bringing that up because a lot of therapists, that's like a go. And that does not have to be where you end. That could just be a starting point to get your feet wet, to run your business. Right. And I think also for me, because of the history of trauma in my family and people not getting the appropriate support they needed mental support, there's, Part of me, um, maybe like a sense of guilt or something like that. Like, how do I help more Black people get help? And Mm -hmm. so what I've done is to transform that way of thinking that I have to try to work with everybody who contacts me. No, that's not possible. But what I can do and what I do do is that when people contact me, I try as much as possible to have personal contact with them, even if I can't see them. I try to have personal contact with them. Tell me what's going on. What are your needs right now? I don't have openings, however, right? Because I want to warm them up to the process because so many times Black people don't want to seek therapy at all because of the stigma. And just think about what did it take for that person to reach out to me? So I don't want to just shut them down. So it is like additional time, but I feel like, you know what, if I can help connect them to someone else or keep them open to the possibility of therapy, then I feel like I'm giving back. Technically, are also giving back to like before we start recording, we I mentioned the word relationship capital, because one of the great things about being amongst even virtually other therapists across the country, I mean, these days the general public doesn't understand the ethical lines of licensure per se. Right. They just say, "Oh, you available virtually? That means you can see me because I got the internet." Right. And, <laughs> you know, we get phone calls from people that are not in our state or maybe yes. not my avatar, but yes. it's so important to have resources and have that contact or just have on your voicemail somewhere where they can go learn more because then you can connect them with the other people that you know, especially in California, you know? So I want to highlight that for therapists who are watching or listening because this is why you need to stay connected. Yes, and I also am very mindful of letting them know about different resources like the Boris Owens Henson Foundation, right? So if they can't afford my rate or if I don't have availability, hey, you know, there's a resource that you get five free sessions. So just being aware of what those things are because most people don't even know and then trying to connect them in that way too. That's good. So now I'm going to go one more level up. So we've talked about having worked in community mental health and larger institutions and school districts to then 
learning how to land on your own feet on your butterfly, you know, and uh, figure out really where you want to go. But then now you have a bigger mission as well to go from not just serving one-to-one or even one-to-many in a group, but truly one-to-many of the healing process in larger institutions. So can you talk about that vision of speaking and training? Yes, 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 yes. So it's so funny. Somebody asked me about this today, but you know, in the training, right, and, and what we've been learned and, and, and taught as psychologists is, you know, different interventions, right? And so I always think of it as, what is the biggest impact that I can have? Because you're right, I can't see everybody individually. And that in some ways, I feel like I'm a vessel, right? I'm a vessel to share information and support healing, but it's not about me, it's about the work. And so the training is that, you know, I'm empowering people with the tools and resources that they can help more people. And so, or they enlighten, they're enlightened for themselves that, oh, I didn't know that. And particularly in terms of people looking within to see what impact they have on their interactions with kids, clients, all that, right? So in what ways can I talk to them in a way that will encourage their own self-reflection? Because you can teach people interventions, but if they're like, you know, they have some implicit bias or there's something else going on, that is definitely going to interfere with any, you know, implementation. So the training and the presentation allows me to provide, you know, um, a level of support on a larger level. So that's fulfilling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it because it also, as you mentioned, just making that like phone contact with a person who may be interested in your individual service, but maybe you're not available or whatnot. It gives people when you speak in a larger group, whether it's at uh, workplaces, churches, community organizations, it also helps people become relatable to the speaker, even if they are in a room with 500 people, because they can put the title to a face. And I think that that's really important in the technology age right now. And I don't think a lot of therapists that have not been part of my community really understand that is I'm I'm not focused on aesthetics on your Instagram page, Mm -hmm. but I am focused on how you show up. Yes. So in front of people, because people are going to judge us based off of our first interaction with them, how you show up on a video, how confident you show up, how can you talk about who you serve, which is why I always start off my podcast episodes like that, because that draws in the listeners like, oh, she got something good today. (laughs) So I want therapists to hear you have to show up like, honestly, the way you want to get paid too. I mean, that's probably going to be catchier for them to listen to. If you want (laughs) to um, get paid per your value that you tell us your value is, but you're showing up on a virtual call or on a consultation and you sound sad. You you sound like the other person on the other side. How are you going to people? Yes. And also, you know, what what you've talked to us too about knowing your worth as a professional. And Mm -hmm. so just think about how much money that we have to put out to even be in this position okay that we still got student loans and all that for right so now that's gonna make me sad but you know recognizing that we are a reflection of embodying what it's like to really know your worth so if you're on a consultation call and it comes to the price and you're like you don't want to say or you're like change your tone or you're insecure the person's like oh, is she not worth it? Or can I negotiate, right? So we have to know our worth. If we're going to talk to clients about knowing their worth also, it's just very important that we kind of walk the talk, 
Mm -hmm, exactly. So even though we're talking about value and finances, it does get translated into the client being able to see that you can give them the tools yes. ethically uh, yes. to lead into the transformation. And sometimes Absolutely. that's like, Absolutely. I got it's an investment. Right. Yeah. It's an investment. Yeah. Just like coaching is an investment. Any of the programs that we're involved in, investments, right? You cannot grow without investing within yourself. Right. Yep. That, that is awesome. So let, let me ask if a therapist was watching, well, they will, <laughs> they are watching this right in our communities and they were on the fence of investing in themselves. And I'm not speaking about just specifically programs. I'm more so because of the topic that you talk about with healing inside. I'm more so talking about what if a therapist is in fear of investing because of their money narrative, their mindset level, like what feedback would you give them to motivate them that it's okay to bet on you? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, for me, it's like my whole theory of, of how I do therapy, same thing is have a real talk conversation with yourself. Are you happy with how your life is going right now? Are you happy with where you are professionally? If you don't do anything about it, guess what? More than likely, nothing's going to change. So change involves coming out of your comfort zone. There's different things you're going to have to do. And as a therapist, we always talk to people about it's okay, it's courageous to know when you need help and get to get help. Well, same thing for us. You know, like if we need help, we need support, we need to seek that support. So for me, I knew that I was not business focused. I knew that I had issues about money and stuff like that. And so then I started, you know, working with Dr. Roche too. And so you guys have helped me in terms of, you know, I'm being open. I'm struggling. I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do this. Can you please help me? Right. So it's being in that open position and saying, I need help, but also following up with the help. Right. So, you know, I'm very much of a, you, you tell me A, B, and C, I'm going to do A, B, and C, right? So I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Just tell me what to do because I have no idea, right? And so just like I said, as a therapist, we have to take in what we tell our clients, real talk to ourselves and also recognize when we need help. And is this the life that you want to live? Like, is That's this why you, what we're looking at here is abundance? Yes. You know, is this you want to live? Exactly. No. Exactly. Is this why you went to graduate school? Is this why you chose this profession? Right. And how would you want that to look? Because, you know, there's a, um, uh, God, what do you call it? A theologian, right? And he's very kind of metaphysical, uh, Howard Thurman. And he talked about, you need to show up in the world. The world needs people who have passion, right? Because the passion fuels people. If you're just like kind of like a shell walking through the world, that's not fueling anything. So where, where's that passion? How do we spark that passion within you? And sometimes you need somebody to help, help with the spark, well, to right? Be around other passionate people, that goes back yes. to circles of influence. If you're constantly yes. giving time to people who are toxic, Yes. Even with your mindset, if your goal is to not be at your job for whatever reason, like some people feel like they only leave their job if they're upset. No, people mm -hmm. actually love their jobs that have chosen to leave because they got a bigger calling. So yes. when you finally reach that point, if that's your calling, you then need to go adopt. You ain't got to abandon, but you just have to make time for a newer level circle of other people that are talking about, 
oh, I'm the first business owner as well. You know, I'm a little scared too, but we're going to be scared <laughs> together. Right, right. So like you're, you're with like-minded people who are there to really support you. Because sometimes we become fearful of sharing our dreams with people because truly there are some people that you don't want to share your dreams with because they will sabotage you or they'll do things that are not, you know, they're not truly invested in your growth. Everybody in our groups, they're all, we're all rooting for one another. We're all like, you did this. Oh, good, good, good. You got a book. Okay. How do I get the book? So we're all supporting one another because we know that whatever you're doing, that helps fulfill you individually as a person, but you're helping to heal so many other people through the work that you're doing. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. So I know that a lot of people are going to get value out of this episode. From time to time, what I'll also do at my church, and because of the expertise that you bring, I'm definitely going to be sharing this in my church group. We have a Facebook group that we started a smaller one specifically during the pandemic um, for us to go in there and like pour into one another. And I think that what you're speaking to is a lot deeper than like we ain't talking about business here. We're talking about being healing professionals that are not just healing other people, but also we need to be continuously healing ourselves. And part of that process may mean going to therapy ourselves. Yes. It may mean self-care, taking time yes. off work, real time off. Yes. And potentially even investing in yourself or coaching so that you're not stressed out in your business if you choose to go down that route. And so I think right. that's a topic that can be discussed even beyond therapists because everybody needs needs to hear this information. Absolutely. So for showing Absolutely. Up and showing up as your best self. Absolutely. And I want to thank you as I always have. And, you know, yesterday you were on my IGT live talking about black women in workplace bullying, right? So there's, there's so many different areas that healing is needed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to be very vocal um, and to kind of bring things out that people experience, but they don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But if we don't talk about it, I heard a quote before where this young woman said, you can't heal what you don't reveal. So if you don't reveal that you're struggling or you're suffering, you're suffering in silence and that helps no one. So that's why I decided to do, you know, not talk to you about, you know, I want to start doing more of this for black women because we are struggling with this in these workplaces. Yes. Yes. Speak up. I yes. say, you know, say the, the, the real one, closed mouths don't get fed. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, that's what it boils down to. Cause when I yes. really see in, in a variety of different levels, like different therapists that come in from never having a desire to have a private practice. Now they do probably because of what happened last year too, with seeing the possibility or some people who had a business, but it wasn't just put together. It had no foundation. Right. I have found that when these people all come together, one commonality that separates a student who thrives in my program versus just trucking alone is that even if they are struggling, whether it's personally or in their business, they even will just come back to a coaching call and been out of DTA for like six months just to be around positive energy. Yes. And that's really what I want people to hear is like, you can be open as a butterfly and yes. let positive energy in, but you also got to go to the right places to get it. Yes. And in terms of when you talk, we talked about like healing ourselves, part of healing ourselves is be aware who's in your circle because everybody who's in your circle is not trying to support you on that boat. Right, they could be like digging a hole or something in the boat, but you know, you're like, hey, why keep sinking? So, you have to be aware of who's in your circle, too. 
That's good. So where can, I know we're going to um, link up everything in the show notes, but um, do you have anything, if you can reveal, because I know certain things cannot be revealed with our mastermind students, um, <laughs> it, it can be a yes or no too. Do you have things coming up for 2022 in which yes. people should go visit your page and go check you out? Absolutely. So I absolutely have my book, Butterfly Landing. So that's available on Amazon or my website, which is liftingaswecomeconsulting.com. And so I will continue to do my healing groups for Black women. And I just want to be very clear too that initially I was thinking, okay, I'll do a group for Black women and I'll do a group for women of color. Um, But when I did the groups uh, and they just happened to be Black women who responded. And so when I would do the groups of Black women, they were very clear that they wanted intentional space just for Black women. And so I I honored, you know, what they've asked for. They just said that we don't have spaces to talk about this and to heal one another. So I'm going to be doing more of those groups next uh, year. And then I'm also starting to launch a a few openings available for Black women uh, professionals who are experiencing workplace bullying or some type of work stress. And they really want to um, kind of that real talk with themselves but also transform to what is it the life that I want professionally and how do I get there? So to kind of firm up your wellness plan in terms of I'm now in a better position to even go forward in that way. So I have a few uh, slots open for that. Um, and that's a coaching program, about five sessions. So every, and everything's virtual. So you can access me. Um, Yes, you can access me through Instagram, uh, Lifting Us With Climb Consulting, or through my website, same name. And yeah. No, that is awesome. So again, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so excited to have everybody view and listen to this episode. And for all the therapists out there, or even if you know of any other therapists that you want to share this podcast channel with, please do so. If you want to become part of our community, even not part of our programs yet, but you want to get some super good, probably will wake you all the way up business affirmations in the morning, you know, then you definitely want to text me. I'll put the number in the show notes as well, but text the word abundance to 310-388-8603. And you will just be connected. I get the messages myself on my cell phone where I will text you Monday through Friday, send you a business affirmation or something to think about. And of course, you'll be the first one to know when I do come out with stuff, whether it's virtual parties or program openings. So um, we'll make sure to link up Dr. Kamani, all of her links with books and information and Instagram handles in the show notes. And I will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle.